You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. show dedicated to helping couples, dating couples, engaged couples, and married couples build their relationships on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I am Father Brito Bergmans, and here I am with my co-host, Sandy Labouvie. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Father Brito. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you too and to your whole family. Thank you. What yeah. a joyful time. Wonderful that we get to celebrate Easter for a week, right? Yes, the whole octave is, is Easter till next Sunday. Yeah. And in yeah. fact, the whole season goes for 50 days till Pentecost. And especially with everything that we have been going through, the pandemic, the war in Ukraine, and everything else, people struggling because of rising prices and everything, we know the Lord, the risen Lord says there is hope, there is joy. Because we look forward not only to this world, but to the world that he is beckoning us to. He has opened the gates of heaven. And that's what we celebrate during Easter. Yeah, yeah. You know, hard not to be joyful at this time. Right? Yeah, I often wonder whether, you know, I often wonder whether Catholics really understand the beauty and the deep significance of Easter, we get so caught up with Christmas, and yet Christmas doesn't make any sense without Easter. Because it is because Jesus suffered, died, and rose, his own disciples recognized him as the Son of God, and that changed everything. Right. And then they were ready to lay down their life for him, and the church grew and spread and became this powerful force that it is today in the world. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I would agree. I mean, you often uh, get distracted by the Easter Bunny, too, just like we do by Santa Claus at Christmas. And yeah, you wonder if the significance of, of this um, celebration is lost, even among us Christians and Catholics. And um, I would say one way to cure that is to go to the services during Holy Week, during the Triduum. Um, fortunately, I was able to go to Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil on Holy Saturday. And it's it's really hard to be there and to not absorb the significance of these most holy, high holy days of our liturgical year. What wonderful rituals we have in place at the church during this time. Exactly. I mean, that is what you call the Paschal mystery, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And those three days, and actually starting from Palm Sunday, you know, all that comes to a climax. And uh, if only Catholics would understand the deep significance of that, 
um, you know. But at least, you know, it was good. I was, I had a couple of masses in different churches and the church was packed. Yes. It's nice to see that people are coming back. Hopefully, um, that is, that makes me feel good inside. You know, as a priest, I always love to see the church filled. Right. Especially after the pandemic, I think some of us slipped into new patterns that maybe we need to challenge ourselves to come out of now and to get back right. into the community of the church physically. Um, but exactly. it's wonderful to see the I see it as well. The church gets fuller and fuller as time passes. So I hope that trend continues um, until yep. we are at uh, the days before COVID, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and we pray at, at this time that, you know, all couples, all families will be touched by the power of the resurrection. Yes. So here we are to do another show. And uh, I'm very happy to introduce a great couple that I met while I was still at St. Paul, and uh, uh, I've got to know them really pretty well. Uh, Bill and Eileen Marie Mooney, uh, they've been so active in their faith, and uh, they've been involved and supporting, I think, four different parishes. Uh, it is amazing. I mean, when I was at St. Paul as the pastor, they were such a great help. And so I'm very happy to introduce Bill and Eileen Marie. Hi, Bill and Eileen. How are you doing? We're good, We're Father fine, Father. Well, It's so thanks. nice. To thanks for joining us. Of course, Sandy. Thanks for having us. <laughs> so it is so nice to have you on our show. Um, would you please tell us uh, how long you've been married and uh, how did you meet and how did your, how is your married life going and has gone? Well, um, May 28th, we'll be married 33 years. Mm -hmm. um, we met at St. Hilary's Church, which is where I grew up, went to school, had my seconds where we were married, and we met in youth ministry together um, with the teenagers, and we planned masses, and it was really wonderful. We also dabbled in community theater there together as well, which was a lot wow. of fun, and that's how we met, and um, we're both very faith-filled people. We knew that within one another, yes. and which was important. So, yeah, what a, a wonderful place to meet in ministry, right? I mean, that's wonderful. How so? So you met in this youth ministry program. What? Um, how did it evolve from meeting a wonderful person to realizing this was your mate for life? How did that happen? I chased her until she stopped running. Yeah, <laughs> perseverance. It's kind of true in a way. It's really kind of true in a way. Um, but um, we just got to know each other. We were really good friends first. And I think I would recommend that to any young people who are meeting people who are interested in them for a long-term basis. You, you have to be friends because romance is not there every single solitary day. And if you don't have a friendship, when you get sick, when you get angry, when you're having a really, really bad day, if, if you're not friends, if you can't talk to one another as friends, it's not going to work. It just isn't going to work. Isn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I also think that you have to have some commonality. Everything that you don't have to like everything that the other person likes, but there's got to be some core values that you absolutely agree upon that, that can build and nurture your relationships. And the important thing was our faith. Yes. You know, that to me was always when I would meet people as a young woman, that was a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have faith, 
um, I, I can't, I just, I can't go through that because I, I could not, um, I wonder, I, I feel bad for people who don't have faith and they lose a loved one. Like what's going on in their life? Like I know where my family is, who I've lost. Um, so, so faith was important. Um, and yet we do have a lot of common, we're both cops kids. Um, our mothers both worked at a time when moms normally stayed at home. Our maternal grandmothers lived in our household. So we had a lot of that um, together and we're very family oriented. Yes. So, so. so how long was your, um, how long was your friendship and then your courtship? And then I'd like to hear about the beginning of your, your marriage, the early years, but how long did you date um, before you became married? Four years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, we knew each other for seven before we got married. Yes. Wow. Yes. And was that more a factor of your age at the time or were there other reasons you decided to date for an extended amount of time? Oh, there were certainly a lot of reasons that we had. I had been married before and I was going through a Catholic annulment. Oh, okay. So, so I, we went through that whole process, which really was a year, year and a half, two years of yep. thing. And, and, but we were committed to being married and, and being married before God and being married in the church. And so Eileen, when we got serious, understood that this was important to me and it was very important to her and we were going to plot out our our whole courtship around around, around, that. The, around that event. Wonderful. And actually, when we planned our wedding, once his annulment had come through, it's so funny because you see young people and it's the reception and the dress and all that's important. It's it's, but for us, it was our religious ceremony. Yes. That was the tenet of our wedding. And people who were at our wedding, who even barely knew me, were colleagues of his at work, were like, "Just like the most intense thing I've ever been to." Um, and we planned everything over Thai food. Yes. <laughs> over Thai food? Over Thai food. We went our ceremony. We went out one night and, and spent about five hours in the restaurant writing our ceremony. We tip <laughs> well. Though, so you tip well. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So then you had become married. And I know from talking before the show, um, you have a couple of sons. Uh, how did that evolve? How were the early years of marriage? And did you start a family relatively quickly or? I adopted our older son. He was Bill's son. Okay. From his previous marriage. And we adopted him together. Yes. What, what, every Christmas, we asked the kids, what do they want? And, and when he was. He was 10 when we got 10. married. And so maybe when he was 12. When he was 12, I think he said, well, I want mom to be my my, my mother real my real mom and, and so we went through the adoption process yeah which it was one was actually the legal thing is he adopts both parents so he actually adopted me as his biological father but i also was his legally adopted father in the in the ceremony and then eileen was his adopted mom and he opted to even have his birth certificate changed which i thought was really astounding oh. yeah i was not prepared for that emotionally that was a really yeah yeah it's hard for me to even talk about it without getting emotional and um so yeah and he's lovely i mean he's just wonderful yeah, what a gift to give to a child, and what a gift for a child to want. That's yes, yes. Really highly about him as well. 
How wonderful. So then how long before your second um, son had come along? We were married five years. We lost some along the way, which was very painful. And, you know, in some cases, harder on Bill than on me because he had to deal with, it was, it was a loss for him, but physically it was a loss for me. And, um, and then my mother brought St. Gerard into our life. We, she got mm-hmm. me a little, she got me a little yes. statue, right? Yeah. Yes. St. Gerard Magellan. Yes. Yeah. Patron yeah. saint of what? Difficult pregnancies. Yes. Ah. yes. And so that the last, the last loss, Bill had called my mom. He's on his way to work and he goes, you, you need to go just see her because, you know, I know she's at work today, but call her and just take her out somewhere. Okay. Because like, I can't deal with her when I get home, you know, oh. and she did. She picked me up and we went to the, the Catholic store and she bought me St. Gerard and, you know, and she told me it's going to be okay. And, and it was, it and took a while. But. We had a very great fertility doctor who uh, was my mom's friend. Yes. South um, American. Wonderful and worked us through it and, you know, didn't do anything out of the ordinary. It was all very safe. And so it, and then we were blessed with our son, Patrick. Patrick, yes. Mm. And how old is Patrick? He's 28. Okay. And your, your elder son is, is? He'll be 43. Okay. Yes. Oh, he's nice. way, way too young for that. <laughs> <laughs> how wonderful. So, yeah. And so it's, I always say that um, one of our sons was born of kind of our spirit and one of our flesh and, you know, mm. but sort of they're both kind of intertwined in that way and they're close as brothers and even the 14 years apart they're they're actually very really close, close as brothers they yeah. really are it's really kind of fun to see that you know i got to tell both of you you know growing up in india where adoption was not very common when i came here it really moved me to see how parents can adopt children and love them just like their natural born really? children I mean, it is amazing. Uh, It is a beautiful thing. So, in your years of marriage, um, I understand faith was important, family was important, um, but were there any challenges along the way? (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) Practically perfect. (laughs) Okay, now give us the real answer. (laughs) We're both really strong-willed people. And... um, I think we both always want to be right and get the last word. And um, sometimes you have to take that step back and let the other person have the last word and then just go off on your own and say, you know, God, I'm right. But, you know, um, but you, you have to sometimes just keep a sense of humor. And, you know, what is your thing about getting them a car? I think, right? well, I think we need to take a break. Ooh, thank goodness. Challenges. So let's take, take a, a little break. break and we'll be back. Okay. donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. 
You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. dedicated to helping couples, dating couples, engaged couples, and married couples build their relationships on the rock that is Jesus Christ. We're happy you came back to join us um, in our, our wonderful interview here with Bill and Eileen Mooney, who have been speaking with us before the break about their 33 years of wedded bliss. Um, apparently, no challenges whatsoever throughout those 33 years. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, we'll get right back to that. Before the break, we started um, to talk about the challenges that they faced um, in their married life. And I think we kind of abruptly got brought to a break. So um, I wanted to give you the floor back to uh, continue what you were sharing with us. Well, we've always believed that any time that we really had strain in our relationship, as crazy as it sounds, we would get in the car and drive. Together? together and it would force us to have to talk to each other Ooh. and it would force us to, to, to just to, air it out to, to air out whatever it was was bothering us we normally would put a jazz music station on and it would just be a way to resolve the issues and and it's always been kind of a secret gift we had to each other saying you know, we need to go for a try. And it was kind of a peace offering that one or the other one made to have things saying, hey, we know that, we're, that our relationship is strained and we need to be able to go and, and talk it out. And then there were no outside influences because yes. with most relationships, you're most challenged by the outside influences, whether it's turning the TV on and saying, oh, I feel this way. And the other person saying, no, that's not really, I don't think that's what you, you know, just little things like that to major things about your children or your 
you know, your extended family. And um, we have both been challenged with health challenges and family challenges. Yes. You know, our both of our mothers, business challenges. Have, yes. So that um, I was on call 24 hours a day. So there was always the challenge that, that I'd get paged or called and, and would have to turn off the family and go in into the business type situation. Right. And I'm a light sleeper. So he could, he could, you know, answer a call and then go back to sleep and I'd be up the rest of the, you know, so those are different things that you work through and, you know, you realize I'm, he's not doing this intentionally. I mean, clearly, but you know, those are difficulties and those are moments of challenge. And there were times when my mother was sick that, you know, um, I said to him, you know, said to him, like, if you were working, you know, and he couldn't be there, like, I got to be there, you know, she gave me life, I, all my health challenges, she's been there, I got it, and he'd be like, yeah, I know, but it still puts strain, because then you come home, and it's, your life is a little bit out of balance at that point, um, it's like the, the mobile, right, that's hanging over the crib, a piece comes off, and it kind of recalibrates again. And and we were blessed with two boys in the 14 years apart. So we went through the teenage years twice at different times and all the, all the athletic challenges, the scholarly challenges that went through. And they both went to Catholic grammar school and high school. And we were challenged with the, the cost of it at a time, you know, that sometimes, in fact, we, we laugh and say every time that we thought financially we were, we were ruined, the Lord somehow provided something that we never ever anticipated. It's unbelievable. And it allowed us to be generous um, for the faith. And, but it's, it, it's an amazing, it's, it's humbling because there were times we'd look at each other like, you know, and I'm more the tearful one. Just saying, what are we going to do? And it's like, well, it, God's always provided it. We, you know, let's just keep working. Let's keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, God will provide. And we still have to be generous. And, you know, because everything we have comes from above. So. And if we're together, everything else will work out. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's how we've done it. You know, so for that's not always been easy. <laughs> So from what you have said, I mean, it's very clear, you know, your faith has carried you through. And the other thing you said about getting in the car and driving, it takes a lot of humility. Yes. You know, because I think the biggest problem sometimes in relationships is egos get in the way and we are not able to resolve things because I'm not going to give in, you give in. And, and it is great oh, to see that. What a car always kept everything else out. Number one, whichever one of us was driving, you had to concentrate on the road, so you had to give up your ego that way, and the other person kind of had to concentrate on, on you and, and, and whatever, you know, to, to keep the conversation civil. Well, and only when he wasn't criticizing my driving. <laughs> oh, there's a new challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I I just yeah. remember when you popped your knee. He yeah. popped his knee. We were we were at a friend's house. We were playing two on two basketball. Me of all people, against our older son and our niece. 
Yeah. And we were actually doing really well. And he went down and he popped his knee and we ended up at Loyola Medical Center. And I had to drive everywhere. And oh, good Lord. Finally, I pulled over one day and I said, get out. And he's like, what? I'm like, get out of the car. <laughs> this is before Uber. I'm like, or cell phones. And I was on crutches. He's like, oh, you can't do this. <laughs> Sobers you up. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, okay. Well, you know, I heard the, <clears throat> the dashboard. But anyway, you know, you have to have a sense of humor, though, too. And yeah, yeah, that's the point. I have seen both of you. You laugh a lot. We do. And poke fun at each other. And I think that is such an important part have of the to. relationship. You know, Absolutely. I used to take myself way too seriously. And now it's just kind of like, what more, really? Yeah, right, right. Going back to your point about the drive, though, what I absolutely love about that example, and I hope the listeners um, really appreciate that example you've offered, because I've never heard that before. I'm telling you, I've never heard anybody talk about that practice. What I absolutely love about it is that you are making each other the top priority right yes. then and there. Nothing else matters besides working through this issue together. That's amazing. It's amazing. I applaud you. Thank you for sharing that. Well, it absolutely works well with, with crying babies, too. It's true. It's, I'm imagining the drives we, may have... We've given her to many friends and said, you don't uh, know what to do? Put it in the car, drive, put some jazz music on. True. In 15 or 20 minutes, they'll be asleep and... That, that worked with Pat. Patrick was born um, that January when it was so cold, the schools were closed. And Bill made the comment, well, at least we know he's smarter than a groundhog that he's not coming out in the cold. I mean, you know, so it was, and it was a difficult, you know, delivery and everything else. But um, when he was born, there were a couple nights where he was really, really fussy. We'd watch the, the Olympics, we'd watch, you know, everything. And then finally, we just couldn't get him to sleep. So we'd get in the car, bring the dog with us, and put on smooth jazz. He'd be out like that. And it, so, yeah, things do work. So, yeah. well, Again, I think we have a lot to, what do you call, uh, you know, to, to break open from what you have said. Thank you for sharing with us today. Of course. Uh, You're welcome. I mean, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners will benefit a lot from what you have shared. Well, I hope so. Yeah, we, we think so. So, Sandy, you know, this has been such a great, uh, great interview today. Oh, I'm very has. happy. It has been. We're always so grateful that couples are willing to come on the show and open up their personal stories, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the things they've learned. Um, because that's really the point of this show is to offer our own experiences to hopefully benefit other couples. So thank you so much, Bill and Eileen, for sharing your having Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Happy Easter. Yes. Happy, Happy Easter. Easter to you too. Okay. Yes. All right. So we are we are still in this wonderful Easter season, and uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, that uh, you know what was going on in the world and. And I'm sure people's personal lives and their married lives, family lives, there may be so many challenges. I think we have to remind ourselves once again that the risen Lord is with us. Yes. You know, one of the last words Jesus says to the apostles before he ascends into heaven, he says, remember, I am with you till the end of the world. 
You know, he is Emmanuel, God with us. I think whether it is in our personal lives or in our family lives, our married lives, to remember that. Yes. We are not alone. The risen Lord has conquered sin and death. And so we should be hopeful always. And I hope that is the message that we can carry through during this Easter season. Yes, yes, indeed. And you do that so, beautifully, Father. Yes. Oh, we, we will do that. You do. And I, I, I believe we are almost out of time. Um, so we, we should be making a little conclusion with a little prayer. I think that's what we will do. Okay, thank you, Eileen and uh, Bill. Yeah, we'll conclude with an Easter prayer, Father Brito, just um, going along with everything you said about this time of year. So much to rejoice and be glad and grateful for. Um, so let's close with prayer. Good and gracious God, our most glorious creator, as we greet the signs in nature around us of spring once again regaling us in bloom, in the songs of returning birds and fields soon to be planted, we give you praise for an even greater sign of new life, the resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we especially celebrate at this time. The sadness and despair of his death has given way to the bright promise of immortality, for the resurrection is our guarantee that justice will triumph over treason, light will overcome darkness, and love will conquer death. As we celebrate, we also dare to ask for your grace that we may live the promise given to us by imitating the life of Jesus and reaching out to the poor, the marginalized, the least among us, as we strive to be neighbor to all those we meet. We ask your special blessings each and every day on our nation and our world. Working with all people of goodwill, may we strive to make this great country of ours a beacon of hope and justice in a world hungry for peace and so in need of your love. We praise you in this Easter season. Change our lives, change our hearts to be messengers of Easter joy and hope. We make our prayer through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, forever. Amen. 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 What a beautiful prayer. Yeah.